Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is my co-host Joey. Hello, how is it going? And today we're continuing our Chris Tucker series. This is part two of our Chris Tucker series. Part two. And today we're talking about Friday. I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. This is a African-American, American neighborhood stoner comedy. Directed by F. Gary Gray. What a name. Yes. <laughs> the cast includes Boys in the Hood, Detective James Carter, President Lindbergh, Granddad Freeman, DJ Pooh, and Lisa Wilkes. I watched this movie on Amazon Prime Video. Joey, how did you watch it? I also watched this on Amazon. Excellent. Joey, why don't you give us the synopsis for Friday? In this anti-drug propaganda piece, Ice Cube's life takes a downward spiral after he does one pot. Just one pot. The dangers of smoking one pot. A single pot. Yeah. You see what happens. It only takes him. one. Uh, That's right. <laughs> why don't we get started with our pros and our cons? Joey, what did you like about Friday? Um, I really like Chris Tucker and John Witherspoon in this movie. They're just awesome. There's some, a, a wide array of great characters, and it's a real simple story. What about you? I think I agree. Um, John Witherspoon and Chris Tucker. I especially love Chris Tucker in this movie. I, I knew this was a must watch for our Chris Tucker series, and he's just hilarious as Smokey. Um, I think that there is a lot of authenticity to the way that they portray life in the hood in this movie, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. I think this movie is very funny. Um, they've got great characters, uh, so many memorable uh, characters throughout this movie. There's great music. There's uh, decent, I'll say decent, setups and payoffs. Uh, and also, I think that the cultural impact of this movie is really important. I think it's important that people watch this movie if they want to understand all the different cultural references that are still going on mm. to this day. Um, let's take a look at the cons, though. What didn't you like about Friday, Joey? Uh, barely anything happens. Um, I'm not really sure why these guys are supposed to be my our heroes um, in this in this movie. Uh, there's not really a real message. You know, it's very surface level, um, and it's degrading toward women. And um, I think that's worth repeating. It's degrading toward women. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> agree with that. Like the whole body shaming like janet jackson with air quotes uh that doesn't work like that is not funny um and then also just yeah just in general the like women are treated like objects in this uh in this story by oh, yeah. the villains but also by our heroes so uh pretty bad all around okay that's our pros and our cons. Let's get more. Let's get deeper into it in the overall section. Um, and I want to start off by saying that uh, I think it's an interesting look to, to look at what direction Ice Cube wanted to take this movie. Because prior to Friday's release, movies like Boys in the Hood, which Ice Cube was in, and Colors portrayed life in the hood as violent and menacing. And Ice Cube felt that these films didn't, didn't portray the full picture of what it was like living there, and it was missing a more lighthearted element. Um, so Ice Cube and DJ Pooh wanted to portray kind of more of that lighthearted element when they went with Friday. And I think that Friday succeeds in doing that. Uh, it especially does this at the beginning, where we just 
see the family waking up uh, on what appears to be a normal Friday. Like there's regular family bickering, chores that have to get done, embarrassing things that parents do, like making your kid come in the bathroom while they're like doing number two or (laughs) you know stupid things that kids do like wanting to throw out so much cereal because they don't have enough milk you know it's like i think there's a lot like if you grew up in an average american household there's probably a lot you can relate to uh when you're watching this movie especially if you grew up poor and black in la you know like this script was written by ice cube and it's Mm -hmm. largely autobiographical and i think that brings a lot of authenticity to this film um, like, and I, I also really like the pacing of this movie. Like you said, not a lot happens, but I, I actually see that as like a benefit of this movie. Cause it's so low stakes. Like it flows from scene to scene, connecting funny and seemingly random events that eventually build to a somewhat climactic finish. Uh, and it turns out that a lot of stuff you saw earlier actually becomes somewhat relevant. Um, but you spend the first half of the movie mostly just getting to know the neighborhood and witnessing hilarious hijinks along the way. It's the type of movie you can just throw on and not have to feel stressed out by anything that's going on. You can kind of just yeah, but, laugh yeah, okay, along I guess with it. That's the thing that's confusing to me, I guess, is like I feel like the tone sort of shifts drastically in like the last few minutes where there's like suddenly a shootout and like like armed like vehicles are coming through the streets shoot, like with machine guns and people are coming through and like and shooting up like a like a no- quiet neighborhood like i mean and it's kind of just like oh they're scared but you like the rest of the movie is so lighthearted and just like you know i, I don't know like it, it doesn't uh like nothing seems to matter that when you get to this point you're like well I don't know if I should be scared or not. Like, are they going to die? Like, it doesn't seem like they're going to die. There's nothing in this movie that makes it sound, seem like they're go- they're in actual danger at any point, you know? And then, like, that's kind of, like, resolved. Like, they just drive away, and they're like, okay, I guess we're good. And then they, like, go into the fight scene, which is, like, intense, and, like, that felt a little bit more earned because, like, Debo had been such a villain throughout this whole movie. Yes. But, well, and also the, the, the um, John Witherspoon speech about choosing, yeah. like, to fight with your fists over killing somebody. Sure. But it's still, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really take a lot of, I don't really take a lot of stake in that. Like, oh, like, one form of violence is better than another form of violence. Like, I, I guess, you know? Sure. Um, and, and we can we can get into that a little bit. I guess we can get into it right now. Like, I, I think that that message may be a little bit more like targeted at a certain community. You know, um, like I, like let's play the quote that John Witherspoon. Says. I got it. I got it right here. Your mother and I never would have moved in this neighborhood if we had known you need a gun to walk down the damn street. No, it is around here. Oh, no, son. That's not the way it is. You kids are there nothing but punks. Sissified. So quick to pick up a gun. You're scared to take an ass whipping. This one makes you a man. When I was growing up, this was all the protection we needed. You win some, you lose some. But you live. You live to fight another day. And you think you're a man with that gun in your hand, don't you? I'm a man without it. Put the gun down. Come on, put up your dukes. Now you're a man. So while this movie is definitely mostly a comedy, overwhelmingly so, 
it isn't exclusively a distraction. I, I think there is a positive message in this movie that's mainly anti-gun violence, right? Like, I may have preferred, sounds like you may have also preferred a more just anti-violence route, uh, but I think advocating for everyone to survive a conflict is definitely a message I can get behind. Um, and, you know, Ice Cube grew up in this community. You know, he has the credibility necessary to tackle a serious issue like gun violence in the black community. And I think this, mes- this movie delivers it, um, that message, in an effective and non-preachy way. Like, I, I think that especially having John Witherspoon be kind of the moral authority here uh, is really effectively done. Again, yeah, I, don't, okay. I, I don't come from a, a community where gun violence is a problem. Um, so I, I don't know if, like, I, when I initially watched Friday, it was, I was trying to figure out why John Witherspoon was even advocating for fighting, right? But I, I think that that is a little bit more of a reasonable route to go or maybe even just effective messaging for a community that has violence to say, don't kill each other. Sure. I mean, yeah, obviously. You know, I, I think... I don't know. I, I think there's a couple things here that are, are interesting. One of the things is like maybe just the language he uses. He calls them punks. He calls them sissified. And like like you're you're weak if you use a gun, which is like interesting um, choice of words and like an interesting perspective, I think. And I don't necessarily I don't really disagree with that. But the problem with this is it's like it's good in as an idea, but it doesn't actually work as in practice because as soon as one gun shows up and you're in a fight with a gun, like it, it becomes necessary for everyone to have a gun. You know, like it's, it's you really you're bringing um, uh, fists to a gunfight, basically, right? Like, there's a reason why that that phrase exists. It's because one one thing is so much over, more overpowered than the other. And sure, you could say you know you're not a man if you don't shoot you use a gun. But if that person is like, well, I just uh, want you to die you know, or I just don't want you to be a problem anymore, then they're not going to, that's not going to work for them. You know, that's, that, that argument only works in a, in a, in, for someone who has honor as Ice Cube does in this movie. You know what I mean? Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't work for everyone. And, and yeah, it, it's not, it's not a perfect solution. It's an ideal, like, okay, we should, we should resolve our, our, our conflicts in a way that is, that allows everyone to walk away, you know, and I'm okay with that, but that doesn't, <laughs> Like, that doesn't necessarily mean fighting. And nor does that mean that other people are going to play by that, those same rules. Definitely. You know I, mean, I mean, even Debo, who doesn't have a gun, has a knife. And that's yes. super and he has a knife, And he's like, and he's just bigger. You know, like, that's the thing is like, the gun sort of is an equalizer in that situation. In that, like, one guy, like, if both people have guns, then you have a both equally likely chance of dying, you know. Uh, and, and but Debo is so much bigger and stronger and scarier. He's gonna you know destroy anyone who tries to come up against him. And I mean, even Ice Cube has to use other tools. I mean, he throws a freaking brick at the guy. You know, like yeah, which is like, like you know, like, okay, we're, we're we're like we can't use tools or like we can use tools, just not guns. You know, like it's just uh, it gets really uh, iffy, I think. And yeah, I I think this message is good. I agree that like clearly Ice Cube is trying to talk to a certain group of people with this. And I think um, the way that he's presented it, people will hear it. I don't know if it's effective and I don't know how like, and it's bookended by so much like other stuff, you know, in this movie that's, that's also, that doesn't have anything in it. There's no like other substance to it, you know? 
Well, I don't know. I don't know. When, when I like talking about the other stuff in this movie, especially, you know, seeing potentially like negative stereotypes or people who are uh, almost caricatures of, you know, characters in the hood. Um, I think that, mm-hmm. again, this is like from Ice Cube's own experience. He's not necessarily trying to portray uh, everybody in the hood as a good person. He's trying to portray kind of something that's really there, something that he experienced sure. and says, this is ha- what it's like, you know? So to have them be violent, he's not like, I'm just going to make them violent. It's like, well, there is violence. And that's, let, let me display that. Well, okay. I feel like we got to talk about um, do the right thing then. If we're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to talk like that, I think we have to bring up do the right thing. And I, th- I know what you're going to say if I say, let's talk about do the right thing. Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> We did an episode on Do the Right Thing a few months ago. Yes. And that movie, I, I think it, it, this movie reminds me a lot of that. Obviously, there's one big uh, similarity, which is that most of the cast is black. But beyond that, it's, it takes place in one day over on a very small section, just a, a normal neighborhood, right? Uh, there's tons and tons of characters. Uh, Do the Right Thing is definitely an ensemble movie. There's like all these different people. And it's just, it, it does what you just said so so well. Where everybody in the everybody in the neighborhood is um, is portrayed really with as if they're not good, they're not bad, they're not evil, right? They're people, and they have flaws. They have good things about them. Sometimes they they try to do the right thing, and it turns out bad, you know. And sometimes they do the wrong thing, and sometimes that works out for them. It's but it, that movie does it in such a complete way. It, it portrays his characters with such humanity. Um, where this Friday, I don't think does that. It it shows everyone except for our main characters in such disdain. It shows them as like worthy of contempt. You know, and there there's so many people in there that are like oh like they're you know they're worse than me or they're they're not they're not um, you know they're to be laughed at. They're not meant to be humanized. And I I don't know. I just, I find that like. I don't know. It gets under my skin a little bit. It's subtle though, because you don't really realize it when you're watching it, and it is like just a kind of lighthearted comedy. It, like you said, it's something you can throw on in the background. But I think it seeps in a little bit, where you're like, "Oh, like Ice Cube, like thinks he's better than everybody else." I mean, maybe he doesn't actually, but Ice Cube's character Craig in the movie thinks he's better than everybody else. You know? Yeah, he definitely thinks and, he and is. That's, yeah. I don't know. I don't like. I don't think that um, comes across as. I don't think it bites him in the ass enough. Well, I definitely think that, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely similarities to this movie and Do the Right Thing, but I don't think this movie is trying to be Do the Right Thing, you know? Do the Right Thing is a lot more dramatic and definitely has more of a message. Um, and this one is, de- is a comedy, you know? And maybe I'm letting it off the hook by saying that, but I feel like the majority of this movie is spent just be- trying to be funny and not trying to go anywhere b- beside, outside of that besides just referencing life in the hood you know it's like look at Smokey driving his like really janky car that keeps backfiring he can't get it to stop he's dragging like I love that they cut to his foot like just showing his foot like skidding along the road as it's like stopping like maybe you know a guy who has a car like that you know like I I feel like it's so referential to a certain uh you know lived experience that it's that's what it's trying to do is try to make light of that situation and maybe not focus so hard on whether or not the characters in it are sure. redeemable. They're just saying, look at this. It's hilarious. No, I think one thing it, it succeeds at really well is showing how a neighborhood like this, who is so so easily vilified, you know, you hear about the hood 
or whatever, it like is just full of normal people going through their normal lives. You know, I yes. think that's one of its biggest strengths. But I don't. But there's not there's not enough of a, I guess like there's not enough character development done for the out other characters in the in the neighborhood for me to really see it beyond like we're making fun of these types of people. Yeah. You know? True. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of jokes that are like we talked about a little bit, like the Janet Jackson catfish situation. That's not really that funny. Like the fact that the um like Mrs. Parker's husband is a midget, which is clearly supposed to be like comedic reveal. Right. You know, that's not funny either. You know, so there, there, I there's definitely some things where they are a little bit mean spirited. Uh, but I think for the most part, they get across like just this is how people are like these are the experiences that ice cube has had and um and i don't think he needs necessarily has to polish those up to put them on screen like they can be just funny and mean um <laughs> okay which is definitely what they are <laughs> i mean it was funny there was funny bits for and sure. while we're talking about comedy i think we have to bring up i i'm surprised you made it this far without really focusing on him yet chris tucker as Smokey, he's phenomenal as Smokey. Definitely one of his trademark roles. Um, and once again, just like in Rush Hour, here in Friday, Chris Tucker shines in a way that only Chris Tucker can. Smokey <laughs> is by far the most expressive and eccentric character in this movie. He stands out even in a crowd of bizarre and interesting characters. I actually read on Wikipedia that when New Line Cinema agreed to finance this production, they requested that Chris Tucker play Smokey because originally he was supposed to be played by DJ Pooh, who ended up playing Red, uh, but they wanted somebody with more experience. Right. And I, it, Ice Cube and DJ Pooh helped write this movie together. Right. And they were going to play the two characters together. Right, 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 right. And after New Line Cinema like, said they needed someone with more experience, I guess it turns out that the uh, you know executives actually do know what they're doing <laughs> at these movie studios, uh, because what a absolute stroke of genius! Uh, like Chris Tucker's loud and expressive Smokey pairs great with Ice Cube's more reserved and cool Craig to make him seem that much more expressive and that much more out of the box. Um, in our last episode, I said that no matter who he's playing, Chris Tucker is always playing Chris Tucker. Uh, and that isn't to say that Rush Hour's Detective James Carter is the exact same person as Friday's Smokey, but that transcendent Chris Tucker energy seeps out of both of them from yeah. the way that they both react to perceived disrespect with like loud arrogance, um, like or just the way that they're loud and arrogant in general, right down to the Michael Jackson dance moves, which I didn't realize both of these movies had when we selected them, but they definitely both had sequences where Chris Tucker breaks out into what is clearly a Michael Jackson impression uh, through dance. So uh, did you catch that while he was? No, during, I didn't. Where was that? It was in the uh, the first smoking sequence that Smokey does. It was like before he offers a joint to craig mm. he's just out in front of his house smoking and you see him he puts like three in his mouth and stuff and one of the one of the, like the montage scenes oh, yeah, yeah. is him standing up doing like the michael jackson kick <laughs> and like the head bob and it's just clearly michael jackson and it's of course you're gonna put that in your movie if you have chris tucker like <laughs> it just makes too much sense so that's what i'm talking about when i say that chris tucker is always chris tucker no matter who he's playing that energy always seeps through um 
it's like I always say, Chris Tucker is at his best when you let him be himself. And Friday is another great example of that. Uh, you know, the movie leans into this, in fact, in a, in a very obvious way. Like, don't think I didn't notice that this movie is bookended by Chris Tucker delivering amazing, memorable uh. lines, okay? <laughs> they knew what they had, and they used it to the greatest extent. And yeah, I, I think that's amazing. And that's why I had to, I had to bring up Friday in the Chris Tucker series. Yeah. In the last episode, we, um, our, our, in our Chris Tucker series, I said that I don't know if I consider Chris Tucker to be a great actor, um, but I think ne- like putting him next to Ice Cube <laughs> like really <laughs> kind of accentuates that a little bit more. And he, he is one of the strongest actors in this movie. Um, and he does, he does a great job. I think, um, I think Smokey is, uh, is done really, really well. And I think, and yeah, you're right. Like he's, he's similar, but he's not really the same. And it's, um, he brings just this like great energy to it. He's such a great, like, um, supporting character, you know, and he yes. pairs so well with someone who like, like a Jackie Chan, who's like uncomfortable in like a new world or ice cube. Who's like uncomfortable being an actor, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, he like, he like, brings this energy and everything and he doesn't necessarily have to be the center stage or like your moral compass throughout he just has to like pepper in that life um and it really does bring it to life so yeah he's um this movie would not be what it is without him for sure definitely and he's that yeah i think that saying him in that like role where he's kind of uh almost a supporting character it's it's great because he's not necessarily the guy that you have to empathize with part of his arrogance and loudness like leads you to enjoy his defeat in, in certain oh, yeah. circumstances. Oh yeah, like when he's uh he's chased in front of the the this Mexican <laughs> guy's cars. Yeah, <laughs> in his underwear, thinking he has ants <laughs> in his pants or something. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I think that's obviously what they were going for with the Janet Jackson situation. But you right. know, obviously the the source of the comedy there isn't very good. But the fact that it's Chris Tucker being in a situation that's not favorable, that's just it's funny when you see him in that situation. Um, especially i especially love and i already said this but like i love it when it's perceived disrespect where like he gets indignant about whatever somebody is doing to him because he thinks he's above it you know he's like i can't believe you're doing this to me i'm smoky you know i um which is actually uh it's it's so good and he you know obviously detective carter does that it's just it's great to see chris tucker in that situation absolutely um okay i got a couple of things i wanted to talk about um first of all like uh, kind of we mentioned this before but like big worm or big perm you might say <laughs> yeah <laughs> like so we like the the violence in this movie is kind of it, it kind of it doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere but it's interesting the way that they deal with it and i and i don't really understand i guess i didn't really understand what the purpose of this whole point what of this whole plot point was because big worm shows up um they set him up pretty early in the movie He's uh, you know, Smokey's like dealer, basically, or his supplier. Kind of his, like, boss. Yeah, his supplier. Supplier. Smokey's right. so the he, dealer. So Smokey's supposed to be supposed to be right. Supposed to be uh, I'm not familiar with the uh, marijuana hierarchy. Oh, well, I, me. yeah, no, I I read the marijuana Wikipedia article before watching this movie, <laughs> so I understand it. So, well, perfect. <laughs> um, so in yeah, Smokey's supposed to be selling the uh, 
the weed for um big big perm and <laughs> so then, but then later on big worm is selling ice cream to kids and he shows up and which is funny it's just such a funny thing for him to be doing <laughs> as his side hustle um and he uh he tells him that he's going to kill him or if he doesn't get his money in time um and then it's confusing because like chris tucker never or, or smoking never really um gives you cause to think that he tells the truth you know like he's not really a, a reliable narrator for your story <laughs> so when he's like oh it's nothing to worry about you're like well is he and then i think craig mentions like didn't he like kill somebody last week because he didn't pay him back fifty dollars yeah he smoked a right, dude over not... 50 bucks <laughs> and like i you, you know craig is a little bit more straightforward with his you know he doesn't he isn't so i guess um fluid with the truth you know as smoky is so you're willing to believe him so when he, so throughout the movie though like he Craig is like getting more and more worried about this and Smokey's like eh, I don't know and he like keeps fluctuating back and forth between oh I'm, like this is going to go really badly for us or it's nothing to worry about you know it's it's kind of clear that he doesn't want to think about yeah. it so they just like pretend that it doesn't yeah exist. no Smokey is but totally unreliable like even though it's clearly <laughs> a threat he's like nah man it's cool you know he's not gonna do right, it right but he keeps like it's like but then they don't do anything about it I mean Craig tries to get money out of a bunch of people where he just asked them for two hundred dollars which turns like doesn't work you know but I, that doesn't he doesn't seem to like be uh out there you know trying to make money or anything it's not like he's really desperate he's just like oh yeah by the way person i know would you mind lending me two hundred dollars you know like it's so like such an afterthought so i'm like and then they're sitting in the in the in craig's bedroom just like worried about what's gonna happen and i'm just like what is gonna happen like i don't understand like what is the level of threat here um and then of course when he shows up then they're shooting up the whole neighborhood and like it's like basically a whole drive-by which is crazy yeah and it's you know it, it but, is almost that one part is really cartoony to me where it's like oh yeah they like like you, know, you might as well hear the scooby-doo like and like they like take off and they like <laughs> yeah their legs start moving before they start start like moving across yeah the floor, exactly yeah. And, and then they like <laughs> climb over that building and then like hide in the back of a truck like um yeah yeah, yeah. which is that's the same thing it's like okay well it, are they in danger at this point like because throughout the movie you're like i'm not sure if they're in danger or not i i, I don't really know what to what to believe and then like you just said like even when it actually happens even when they're being shot at you're like well i still don't know if they're in actual danger or not the debo situation feels way more like oh something could go wrong here than the tone of that situation where there's actual gunfights going on right you know yeah, i didn't really feel like there was a chance they were going to get shot I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Uh, like, was that supposed to be part of, I guess, is that supposed to be part of the comedy or is that supposed to like raise the stakes of the situation? Because the movie is like, like, like laughing in your face at how low stakes it is. You know, it's like Craig doesn't have a job and he doesn't care that he doesn't have a job. Like, it's like, it's so um, like, like they say, say basically at the beginning, oh, nothing's going to happen in this movie. And then there's a, there's a freaking drive by in the middle of the neighborhood. Like, <laughs> That seems like something happened, you know? Like, how did we get to that point? But it, I don't know. I, I, it was it was just kind of a strange... I didn't know how to feel about it. Like, was I supposed to be laughing at this? Was I supposed to be worried for them? You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I, I think that the inclusion of a drive-by is another important aspect of just the, like, portraying authentically the life, like, life in the hood. They actually... Sure. They were talking... I was reading trivia about this movie. They had to... Every, no one is allowed to wear red on on the uh set of this movie 
because they were in crip territory when they were what? when they're filming. So yeah, no, <laughs> like they had to make sure none of the cast and crew wore red because it was they could just get like murdered by crips if they were seen wearing red in on that street. So it is. I think having that, I agree. The tone is a little bit jarring to just have like, oh, watch out! Suddenly, like armed assault weapons like coming through your street. Yeah. But I, I also think that it was really intentional that they included that. Um, although I, I kind of wish we had gotten more big worm in this movie. Cause I, I agree. He was hilarious. Like having his, his underground dealing job where he's dealing drugs and then his, you know, um, legal, you know, go, like normal job where he's dealing snacks to kids. Ice cream. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's getting them hooked early on like sugary sweets. It's so but funny. I also love the way that he justifies like his actions where he's like, don't play with my money, Smokey. That's like playing with my emotions, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> like they're really hurting him. And then later when um, Ice Cube is high on, on marijuana, he opens the cabinet and he sees, like, the disembodied head of Big Worm. And he's like, you're playing with my emotions. Like, that is really – he's not really in it. It's not really about the money, you know? It's about his emotions. <laughs> it's about the principle, you know? Exactly. You can't screw Big Worm. Yeah, Which is, exactly. I thought, yeah, I – I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to like how how jarring, like the pacing towards the end definitely is jarring. Right, and that's just, like like you just said, like if this is supposed to be, if this is an integral part of being like life in the hood, you know, then how should we feel about it? Right? Should we should we be worried about this sort of thing? Is this the kind of thing where it's like, oh, that's another drive by, you know, just another thing to worry? Like, you know how like South Park played with like school shootings like a couple of seasons ago, or like, oh, it's just another school shooting or mm-hmm. or something. You know, like it it's is it supposed to be like this thing that's so normal that everyone uh like just accepts it, or is it this thing that's really weird and everyone's just afraid of it, or is it this thing that's just like um you know not a big deal or like it like let's let's maybe it's like oh i heard you know ice cubes like you know i hear all these stories about drive-bys in the hood from the media but it never happens so let's like make this into a a comedy bit where we have like an intense drive-by in the hood you know just to like play with that stereotype or something but i I don't get i don't get that sense either i um i don't know our characters definitely seem genuinely terrified by it so it it is definitely seems dramatic but um yeah i agree it kind of goes unresolved because they the only you just assume that they're safe in the future because Smokey makes that phone call at the end but mm-hmm. there's still the threat of future drive-bys with no repercussions for the people doing them so sure like yeah i, I don't know well there's a lot of things in the movie that aren't resolved you know and it, it's supposed to be a snapshot which i'm okay with but like it's not like I don't know, I don't, I don't really understand what the point of it was. I guess, like, what was the purpose of including it at all? Um, you know, I, I wanted, I want to kind of, I guess I want to, I want more telegraphed about how I should feel about right. it. Right, and I think part of the, I mean, just like its purpose in the plot is to get a, a reason for all of our characters to congregate, so that we can have everyone mm-hmm. witness the fight between Craig and Debo. Because after the drive by, everybody comes out the sure. house and starts asking each other what happened and wondering where Craig and Smokey are. Mostly Craig. Um. <laughs> Honestly, Greg. Yeah, who cares about Smokey? Um, one other thing, I guess. I guess this is uh, it kind of ties into this actually. So I'll go to this one. But it's fun, like watching these movies, like 
uh, together, like kind of as, as a series, because you get to draw like lines yeah. between things, like you said with the Michael Jackson dancing and stuff. But like this movie and the last movie are both like kind of subtle commentaries on gun violence. Like they talk like in Rush Hour, uh, uh, Chris Tucker and like we talked about how like they they don't really use guns like they kind of do but like at certain points like they're kind of passing guns to each other and like don't actually use them they're mostly focusing on martial arts and then like but at the same time like you kind of see the difference between like uh maybe a um like a chinese movie and a um american movie and that like in a chinese movie they're like dealing with like punching and like martial arts and like it's like kind of hand-to-hand stuff and then like they're reluctant to shoot a gun whereas chris tucker is just shooting guns in the street <laughs> constantly like constantly shooting people all the time and and in this movie it's got like again like it's like oh like you know there is this whole like subtext of gun violence and how gun violence is like really destroys communities um and you know chris tucker is involved in that too and, and how he almost gets <laughs> shot so i don't know it's fun to like draw that line and i yeah, think I when we watch uh fifth element you'll see uh uh the, the future of gun violence and Ooh, we'll okay no spoilers <laughs> okay okay um that is great i do love this series format that we're going on uh, and uh okay i think it's going to wrap up our overall section and we can move ahead to our cool Easter eggs. Uh, and I have a few for you here. First, uh, this movie was filmed in just 20 days, 20 days uh, to film, which obviously it's not the most ambitious uh, setting, you know, so it's reasonable to think that. But um, I just thought that was an interesting, quick uh, sh- uh, time to film it. Yeah, well, it just shows the show. Like, I mean, you just talked about, I mean, this movie has a huge cultural impact too, you know, and it's, yeah. it's that it is part of that authentic feel that gives it that. So it's, again, like it doesn't take something, it doesn't take a big blockbuster to move people, um, you know, and connect to people. It, it all I, it takes is, you know, a vision in a way. Definitely. I, I totally agree. Uh, the movie's also like having to do another trivia thing about how it was filmed. Like the movie, the neighborhood where this movie takes place is the same street where the director f gary gray uh grew up in south central los angeles uh california of course the like houses that were used for like filming the movie are old friends of gray like that's where they live and uh the scene where debo punches red and he flies up into the air and then chris tucker leans over you gotta knock the fuck out man like (laughs) that scene happens in front of the house where gray grew up no way which which is pretty cool yeah um imagine making this movie like filming a movie like growing up wanting to be a director and then one day filming a movie in your neighborhood at your old house yeah like that's crazy um, like, yeah well he probably did that already you know like when he was yeah when he was yeah. a kid he was probably <laughs> filming outside his in, in his yard and stuff you that's know? funny yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right back where we started <laughs> yeah um another thing another cool little fact is that uh just like in rush hour chris tucker improvised many of his lines in this movie um and i think this probably was a better situation for that mm. this probably led to better uh, like as compared to confusing jackie chan who didn't <laughs> understand english that well in rush hour here it was probably easier for other people to work off of um so i think that i think that's cool that he continues to do that and probably less frustrating in this circumstance yeah, yeah, um, especially when you're yeah. trying to get across that like authentic feel or whatever, you know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um and another another thing uh that I thought was interesting, this is one was kind of a deep dive, but the director's cut of this movie is like has shows different scenes. 
uh, completely. Like, not just that, like, the movie is a different length, but it also replaces some scenes. Uh, for instance, instead of starting... So this, the, the, the theatrical version, which is the one I watched on Amazon, they have the beginning of the movie starts on some shoes hanging from a telephone pole, and it kind of like gently floats down to the Jones household, and you fade inside the house. You see some pictures, and you see everybody waking up in sequence. Well, that, in the director's cut, it's different. It actually starts by introducing the peripheral characters, uh, starting with Debo sleeping on the couch and then you see Azel running away with stolen boxes he's like running down the street holding boxes allegedly the boxes that got craig fired yeah. um then you see stanley out using his gardening hose then uh you see Smokey waking up and he starts his he's like gotta start the day right and he like smokes a spliff <laughs> and that so it, i actually have seen this version because i watched this the first time i saw this movie was on dvd and i do remember Smokey doing that at the beginning and it was definitely had more of a stoner comedy vibe mm. with that start um and which this movie still is kind of a stoner comedy but that really set the tone early in the director's cut uh, and the director's cut also includes some other small changes including a like a second scene where craig is in the bathroom with his father taking a shit <laughs> <laughs> which honestly like uh you know we missed out in the theatrical i know right <laughs> um so that's kind of interesting I, I um i would love to compare the two because i saw somebody made a web page where they compare each scene that changes and a lot of them are just minor changes right uh, but i think overall those minor changes could give the movie a different feel so cool um it would be interesting to take a look and compare them and finally um, the name Debo has taken on new relevance for me as a 49ers fan because the 49ers uh, drafted Debo Samuel, a wide receiver out of the University of South Carolina, and he's really good at football. So he's become a large part of the 49ers current brand. And all of the content that they make with him is almost exclusively references to Friday. Really? Where where whenever he, you know, trucks a, a defender or something, they'll put something up where it's like, Debo stole this guy's bike. You know, <laughs> and they actually got uh they actually got the actor who plays Debo to come to a game last season and uh like basically just be a 49ers fan there with the team. Cool. And um and he you know he's from you know as it being a uh, California team, I think that's not too easy of a bridge to gap, and uh, they definitely nicknamed him like Debo from Friday. That's funny, uh, which I I really do enjoy. <laughs> they kind of make him into obviously because he's a 49er and they want to put him in a positive light. They kind of make him a, a hero, right. but football is a brutal game, so him beating up opposing players. Right, he's a villain, way... but for your guy, for you, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I I like that a lot. And, this movie definitely reminded me a lot of that. Like there have been so many photoshops of Debo Samuel on Red's bike. That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> but um, okay, so those are the, all the Easter eggs I had. Where uh, we can move forward to our quotable moments, and I have the first one. Go I ahead. Believe. Yeah. Smokey, I need you to go to the store and give me some cigarettes. Give me the money. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What's this? This ain't enough. Make it enough. Damn. So I play this soundbite first off because I love hearing Chris Tucker's voice, but also because this sound recently went viral on TikTok. Mm. And I use that just basically to bring up the idea that this movie is still so culturally impactful. 
it that continues to be referenced and used in internet culture so much even to this day another example that you might have heard of uh even just in real life not necessarily just on the internet is saying bye felicia bye felicia like, yeah that is again straight from this movie and it honestly i feel sorry for women named felicia is <laughs> so easily dismissed well you say goodbye to plenty of people you know you say goodbye to people all the time so it, it you, you almost <laughs> can't avoid it you know like <laughs> right even if you're saying it in a nice way it's just like yeah. bye felicia and she's like Ugh. Ugh. right exactly what do you mean like, by that I, though <laughs> I, I feel so bad for the felicia's uh out well, there they spell it differently than uh than i expected it was with an sh or at least in oh, the subtitles okay they did but still it's pronounced the same it way. It's tough. Another way. one, another reference you might recognize is the, um, you can see it as a reaction image or as the actual like sound too. But when Ice Cube and Chris Tucker lean over when they see Red's black eye and they're like, damn. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> another just classic <laughs> reference that's still used all the time. I see that GIF on Twitter oh, you know, every week, you know, yeah, used yeah. to react to something, uh, you know, surprising or. <laughs> Uh, impressive so it, it's i think this movie it really did a lot to connect with its community and continues to have a cult following even to this day yeah definitely okay so my quotes i'm, I'm going to group them together i already played one of them which is uh the one we heard earlier about uh, gun violence um this one these other ones are also from craig's dad uh played by john witherspoon and uh they are amazing and so let me let me play the first one I ain't trying to be no dog catcher. Why not? I don't even like dogs. That's the beauty of it. I grab a dog, and I choke him, and I, I kick the shit out of him. And I, and I, all day long, I put up a dog's ass. Just bang, bang, bang up his ass. That's my pleasure. <laughs> it's so freaking funny. Um, yeah, so he's a, he's a postman, and then... Uh, Later on, you actually see him watching videos of uh, postmen being attacked by dogs. Wait, wait, he's a postman? I thought he was a dog catcher. I think he's a postman. He might be a, he might be a dog catcher. I don't know. Yeah, like, that's why he's over the dog's ass with his foot. He's, he's doing all day. That's his pleasure. <laughs> that's his he's pleasure. not just a postman who just beats up dogs. <laughs> no, he he's, was a postman and he hates dogs. Because dogs attack him all the time. <laughs> now we have to find out. No, I think that you're. I think you're uh, conflating what he's watching on TV with his actual employment. Um, what? Because he wants he wants Craig to be Craig's a dad's... dog catcher too, right? Uh, <laughs> I might just be confusing. What is Craig's um, dad's uh, job? He works as a dog catcher. Ah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's I no I I um. I understand the confusion because he was trying to uh, ask his son to be a uh, oh, right, dog right, catcher. Right. So that's I kind of that's where I bridge the gap. He wants his son to have the same job as him. Sure, sure, yeah. So that that makes perfect sense. Anyway, it's a hilarious line, and it's just like a, a great look into his life. You know, yes. <laughs> like oh no, no, and the setup and payoff is amazing. Seeing him later laying on his on his stomach because he can't, <laughs> his butt is damaged. <laughs> He's watching this postman run away from the. What even is he? What I don't show know. Is it's that? so funny though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah he's he's awesome like the, he's always there with the fatherly fatherly advice he's always like giving craig a hard time 
um and he's always like looking out for him and everything and doing like doing whatever and he's like he's just such totally a consistent yeah just a, such a dad such a good movie dad for sure yes i mean the uh, like where you get first introduced to him I, I know that you see him sleeping at the beginning but yeah. when you see him actually awake uh when craig is in the fridge that is such a classic dad line <laughs> to be like how come every time i'm in the kitchen you're in the kitchen like <laughs> right. complaining about your son eating too much food that's it you know everybody's been there you know like it's that's so such a funny. classic interaction with your parents um oh it's so funny. yeah that's why he's so beloved in this in this role oh yeah no, i think he's everyone like, can see a little bit like, of their own he's father like one of the best him. parts of this whole movie for sure oh yeah he's like every time he's on screen i i love it uh one of that my, scene i'll tell you this in the director's cut that scene is longer ooh. with uh him complaining about his son eating all the food <laughs> ah <laughs> that's what i need i need more so of the that the director knew what he had there <laughs> that's right <laughs> That's right. Cut down by the studios. Um, okay, here's the next quote I have, also from Craig's dad. Now, Dana told me about that big snake situation. Big worm. Big worm, big hole, big... I don't give a damn. You get your ass on out of this house, boy. You only got some shit going. And you, you keep your ass here. Big snake, big worm. What kind of name is that? I bet y'all drinking that wine, too, aren't you? You're smoking them tweeds and everything. Wearing them old clothes all half off your ass. What the hell's going on today? Huh? Huh? Weed. Oh. <laughs> he just comes in and like, yeah, he's like, I'm laying down the law now, you know. I'm gonna, Smokey's got to get out of here. Uh, I heard all about this big snake situation. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> big snake, big worm, big hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you can have a name like Big Worm, it might as well be. You can make it whatever name you yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. For a guy like that. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's just great. I love having him come in and just you know I'm he, like I gotta be dad today. I gotta be dad right now. I gotta be dad all the time, and I'm uh, I'm I'm putting things in order basically. It's, yeah, uh, definitely. No, he's he's great. He's so consistent, and it's just hilarious every time he says anything. So, good well, stuff. um, I also want to appreciate Craig's mom, which is why we're talking about his parents because. She's also pretty consistent in the way that she acts, where she's like fake nice, you know, <laughs> right. and, and like where she's like making breakfast and Craig is all excited about it. And she knows that she's not making any for him. She doesn't even say that she's not or that she is. Right, right. He but you can tell her his making. reaction that he thinks he's getting some, but she yes. does not bother to correct him. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, um, like, because Craig is worried about what his dad's going to say once he finds out that he got fired. Yeah. And his mom's like, you know, I wouldn't tell on my baby. And then she, but she did, you know, it's like, right. And then he's just, trapped in the bathroom with him. It's too late. Right. And then, um, and then later on when Mrs. Parker is outside wearing like the skimpy clothing, you hear her like mutter under her breath. She ought to be ashamed of herself <laughs> being dressed like that. Hey girl. Like it just being so fake. And then later she's like, you call me when you get home. Miss Parker's asking her to call her. She's like, okay <laughs> like she totally isn't gonna do that you know like oh man it's so funny oh it's really good i really love the jones family oh yeah but uh okay is that all our quotes that's all i got okay well as we do at the end of all, all of our episodes it's time for us to deliver our ratings um and i'll go first okay i give this movie a bike with a lock hey. so nobody steals it very nice I like that <laughs> I give this movie clips of dogs attacking postmen on Chive TV. <laughs> you know, bring it up a little, you know, modern day. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that's definitely what he was watching. He was watching Chive TV. Hilarious postman dogs. Yeah, postman attack. dog fails. Yeah. 
That's that's hilarious, dude. Mr. Jones would definitely own a like keep calm and chive on shirt. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. So that's going to wrap up our conversation on Friday, episode two in our Chris Tucker series. We've got one to go. Joey, what is next on Affable Chat? Wrapping up our Chris Tucker series is The Fifth Element. Uh, that's right. That's right. I've never seen it. Joey, sounds like you've seen it. I've seen it. It, has, it doesn't have as much Chris Tucker, but the Chris Tucker it does have is glorious. Good. Okay. I... Uh... No more, no more insight. I want to go into it totally blind. It's uh, I'm excited every time I hear this movie with Chris Tucker. I gotta see it. So, um, <laughs> I'm this, a simple man. Ex- I see Chris Tucker. I click play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up next on Affable Chat. You can subscribe to Affable Chat on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever you listen to us, make sure you leave us a review. It really does help us grow. You can reach us on Twitter. Uh, Instagram and TikTok at Affable Chat on all three, or you can send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel. It's called Affable Chat. Affable Chat is live on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Affable Chat. And uh, it's a great place. If you want to come talk to us, Joey and I are there. And it's, you can just join the chat and say whatever you want to say. Uh, we will love to have that kind of communication with you. Uh, but that's going to do it for our episode on Friday. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.